Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Nick Talks, and here comes my dog because I started speaking. <laughs> Alright, so today I'm going to talk about something that I've been talking about with some friends, uh, something that some followers, some followers asked me to elaborate on when I touched on it on a skip, it didn't really go all the way because I was setting up for another joke. Um, but then I did do a short video on what I was talking about. Um, but I can only say so much in one minute. Uh, and this is one that really deserves some time. And basically the statement I made, first of all, uh, so many, so, 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 so many Marvel characters are comfort characters to me. A lot of them have saved my life, and I will probably talk about each one that saved my life in different ways. Um, and a lot of them have helped me move through healing from my trauma. Each one different than the other. Each one does different things for me. Pardon me, my dog is getting his toys out. A ch this child. Um, <laughs> but like every one of these characters have done something for me and like saved me in some way and taught me you know how to move how to move into the next chapter of my life and really comprehend things that that the, even the people in my life that were trying to help me couldn't help me learn even things that even in therapy weren't really touched upon um until like you know I kept on watching these movies as comfort and some movies like you just you just have an attachment to and you just don't know why you just don't know why it brings you comfort but as you watch it more and more and you grow up, like, because we're always growing up, right? Um, um, and as we evolve and we learn things, um, it, it comes to you eventually, like, why, why this shit hits differently and why it hits home for you. So, so today I'm talking about Doctor Strange. Um, and, I, you know, I love the movie when it came out. Um, and I thought it was amazing and I thought it had a, a nice lesson and everything. Um, but it's in the recent years of my life that I really, that it really started to hit home for me in, in dealing with trauma. And what I said in the video that people were asking questions about was that Dr. Strange, um, the story of Dr. Strange really illustrates how, hey, stop it. You're making too much noise. Uh, <laughs> illustrates how you... You part of healing from your trauma is letting go of that past self and evolving to whatever the the evolving to the the next version of you and reinventing yourself is what I said reinventing yourself and people are like can you please say more about this and I'm like yes and so here I am saying even more about it. Um, Doctor Strange taught me a lot about trauma and it taught me a lot about like now that I've survived what do I do um and I can relate <laughs> I can relate to this character even though he is a rich white man um because these characters are written so beautifully um you know like Dr. Strange when I went through my traumatic experience in the Air Force and now I was diagnosed with PTSD um, PTSD, by the way, is a physical, in it's, it's an injury. It, it is a disorder, but it's an injury to the brain because of immense trauma. Um, and there was, a, there was a time period after my diagnosis, after my abuser had moved to another base, that I was like, okay, we survived that, thank God. Let's get back to normal. 
let's get back to normal. And, and I tried. I tried so hard to get back to normal. I tried to do my job the way that I had been. I tried to do my job the way that I could before this cunt started fucking with me. <laughs> started putting my life in literal danger. And, you know, um, I tried to focus. I tried. Um, I, I tried to literally just be old me. And I found that I couldn't. I found that I couldn't concentrate. I found that I was scared of crazy things like sending emails. I was, you know, I would panic over the, the smallest things. It, it, it upset me, you know. Like even other people that I worked with and for were just like, like kind of like get a grip almost or like like you can't possibly be stressed all the time and just kind of that even they were asking like why can't you get back to like why can't you get back to normal she's not there anymore you know you're not in that situation anymore but the thing is ptsd doesn't fucking care if you're not in that situation anymore <laughs> it is an injury and i didn't realize that by surviving this trauma, much like Doctor Strange survived his uh, his car crash and which rendered his hands useless as far as being a neurosurgeon, I realized that I'm a different person. I'm a different person with with a different range of ability. Um, now, mind you, this is not something that I realized right away. This is something that took me years to come to. I want to say it probably took me until a year or two ago to really realize that I was a different person now. Much like Dr. Strange, who tried for years to fix his hands so that he could get back to being a neurosurgeon. All I wanted to do was get back to being that old version of me, but what I didn't realize is that that old version of me was dead. That old version of me was dead and gone. It died in the process of my body trying to save me from what I was going through. It saved me from the car crash, but now there's shit wrong with my body, as is going to happen when you go through a car crash. And there was no getting back to, to where I was before, because there are a lot of injuries, like, like the injuries that Steven had, that, you know, you'll be going through rehab for a long time. A lot of pe people can understand that for physical injuries, like bad backs and knees and stuff. They can't really understand it sometimes for mental disorders because it's all in your head because it's an invisible disability. And people don't realize that it's like having, it can be like having a bad back. Like this may be something, this is something that p quite possibly, because of the amount of trauma that I've been through, will never go away. Complex PTSD. This is a part of me, and it is a very, it is, this is a very real and clinical possibility that it will be about 10 years of therapy, of intensive therapy, before I can say that, that before I can like be in a place where I really feel a little more in control. I feel like I'm at a good place now because I've, I have that radical self-acceptance, but this is something that's going to be with me. For the rest of my life um, and it took a long time it took me and Steven a long time to figure that out um, and it can be especially hard when this 
when the things like because there's there's just things that you can't do anymore after you've gone through trauma physically mentally you just there are things that you are not able to do anymore there's a lot of things that I am not able to do anymore there are things that are hard for me that weren't hard for me before you know I got stage fright once in a musical theater production um that that never happens to me it's normal for a lot of people but for me that's not normal I don't get stage fright so that shit was crazy you know um large crowds (laughs) large crowds and stuff um, can can be something that sends me into a panic crazy I've always loved being around people that's just something that never that never bothered me before but all of a sudden after these changes my body has gone through all of a sudden this is something this is a this is something that disables me I remember being in a nightclub um, out with some friends and out on the dance floor, a crowded dance floor, as I had done so many times when I was in my 20s. I'm still in my fucking 20s, but like I'd, I'd done so many times in like my very, very young 20s. Um, and then I, start, I started having a panic attack and I had to run to the bathroom and I stayed in the bathroom for about 45 minutes just crying because I was like, why can't I do this? This used to be, this used to be nothing to me. Why can't I do this? And it's really hard when the things that you used to do, some of them are a metric by which you measured your self-worth. Stephen went to school to be a neurosurgeon. He spent years of his life, possibly a decade or so, to do this, to be a neurosurgeon. I, I ended up leaving the Air Force after all of this bullshit happened to me. Um, and even though it became very clear that I had to leave for my mental health and for so many, like, just, yeah. Um, I went to school to be an Air Force officer. You know, this was literally like a decade of my life in. I put in four years at the Air Force Academy to be an Air Force officer. And I was leaving at about nine years, so almost a decade. I'm like, I pr- this is what I put time and and sweat and money into. This was something that people were proud of me for going to pursue, they were proud of me for going to be an officer, possibly be a pilot, you know? Like, this was definitely a metric by which I measured my self-worth, much like Steven measured his worth by his ability to be a neurosurgeon. Um, <laughs> and so that can be something really hard to let go of, and it, and it took Steven a long time to let go of, as a matter, you know, to... It, it takes anyone a long time to get over when you spent so much time trying to be something and then all of a sudden you're not and all those years seem to just go to waste. But the thing about Stephen is that Stephen also, Stephen didn't know and I didn't know that even when you lose your ability to do things, even if it's, you know, something that you put a lot of time into and something that you measure your self-worth by, you still have worth. And when you've grown up as like the chosen one, as a gifted and talented child, it, it's very, and, and just performing for the validation of others, it's very, very easy to not be able to develop a, develop a sense of self-worth. I remember talking to a psychiatrist at some point last year and just talking through my symptoms in my childhood. And she was like, you never learned, you have no concept of self-worth. And that scared me. 
because I was like, oh my God, because I attached my worth to the things that I could do. Much like Stephen, both of us attached our worth to our ability to do things, our ability to do impressive things, specific impressive things. And what we both didn't realize and needed to realize is that you still hold worth. You just may, and you, and you can still be great and you can still do great things. You just may not be able to be great in the way that you originally planned. You know, because in the process of Stephen, Stephen losing the, 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 the use of his hands, and granted, still going on a journey to try and fix his hands. Um, he, he didn't know that he was also a gifted sorcerer. You know. And Stephen was actually given an opportunity in the movie in which the, the Ancient One said that, you know, basically, you could use all of your, you could use all of your energy, all of your magic to make your hands work again. You know, it could channel all of your effort, all of that magic into making your hands work again so you can be a neurosurgeon. And she said, and the world would be less off for it, less, would not be better off for it. The world would be missing out. Because the next iteration, the next evolution of what Stephen was, was even greater than what he was trying to restore. Being a neurosurgeon is awesome. It's 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 amazing. Like it's not something I could do. I mean, anyway, I could if I wanted to, but I, I I'm, it's not something I can presently do. It's amazing, but it's not being a sorcerer in this fictional world, of course. <laughs> being a neurosurgeon was great, and he was very good at being a neurosurgeon. But now you have the ability and the opportunity to be a fucking sorcerer. Down the road, maybe Sorcerer Supreme. You have the ability to, you have the ability to to do to do even more good for for other people because of this reinvention of yourself, which you never would have found if you had lost the ability to do <laughs> to do what you thought you were meant to do. Um, and. You know, likewise, um, you know, if I didn't, if I didn't stop trying to get back to the person that I was before, which by the way, I'm realizing now that the person I am now is so much better, just as I'm, I'm just so much better. But in letting go of that, and of, of in letting go and mourning that past version of myself, I am so much more. I can do so much more. I can do so much. I do so much more for people now than I ever could as an Air Force officer. I had rules and regulations I had to follow as an Air Force officer. I don't have any fucking rules anymore. I can say what I want to say. <laughs> I can wear what I want to wear. I can talk about what I want to talk about. Um, I get DMs every day, um, you know, of people telling me about, you know, how much my content makes them laugh or feel not alone, which is 
something that I want to do all the time with my content because it breaks my heart that people, as someone who is also clinically depressed, it always broke my heart to know that there's so many other people with the same clinical problem as me and the, the feeling of being the feeling alone even when you're not alone is awful. Um, I get so many of those DMs uh, from people every day. I never got that as an Air Force officer. I hope that I helped a few people, but but the worldwide the worldwide reach that I have now is so much greater, so much greater. And I think it's because I let go of the fact that I'm never going to be that person again. You know, I used to be afraid of nothing, so fearless. Now, loud noises set me off. Like, <laughs> a loud noise can ruin my entire day, it can send me into a panic attack. I hate that, and I hate that. I hate that. But this injury, it's a part of me now. And I learned to live with it, and I learned to sit with it, and I learned to nurture it. And I just learned to accept the fact that that version of me, that abled body version of me, is gone. And it just is what it is. But because I was able to let go of that, I was able to make space for the next evolution of myself. My sorcerer phase, if you will. And so I said... You have to stop trying to fix your fucking hands. I finally stopped trying to fix my fucking hands. Um, I stopped, you know, I stopped trying to fix time. I, I, I stopped trying to spend time trying to fix myself, trying not to have these fight or flight reactions that come with having complex PTSD and the other three shit, the other three shits that I have, other three disorders that I have that come with it, the companion disorders. Um, I tried, you know, I, I stopped, I stopped trying to eliminate those disorders or look to a time when I won't have them. And I learned to live with them. I learned to sit with them. And, um, and nurture them and basically be like, okay, I can't be an Air Force officer. I can't work a traditional job. Okay, what's next? And I am living in what's next. And it's so much better than, than what I left behind, just like Stephen. Um... I think the ancient one sent something to the effect of like, there's other ways, or I think... Well, somebody in the movie said there's other ways to save lives. And and in the ancient one also said, like, it's not about you. And I do believe that we're all put on this earth for a purpose. Um, and, and, you're, and we're all here to serve the highest purpose that we can. And we can hold ourselves back from that higher purpose if, purpose if we keep on trying to live in the past. And we keep on trying to get back to versions of ourselves that are just not accessible anymore. And the fact that the world would be missing out on Sorcerer Strange, it would be missing out on Doctor Strange as we know him if Doctor Strange decided to try and go back to being a neurosurgeon, which who knows if he would even be, be able to be the same neurosurgeon again. Who knows if any post-traumatic stress that didn't have to do with his hands maybe would have made him a less effective neurosurgeon anyway. Um, 
And it's like, you know, it's both for yourself and for the good of the world, if that's something that you care about. If you want to give the world your best, then you have to be willing to evolve. You have to be willing to evolve. And the way I put it in the video and the TikTok was like, you need to move forward and become the sorcerer that you were always meant to be. But first, you got to stop trying to fix your fucking hands. And and I've had a lot of people say like, yeah, Nikki, but I'm still, but I miss my hands. And I'm like, I miss my hands too. I miss my hands too. Every time I have a panic attack, I miss my hands. <laughs> I miss a time when I didn't have these. Um, you know, or like, I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm still trying to, I, I don't know if I'm there yet. I'm like, it's fine. It took me years to realize that I need to stop trying to fix my fucking hands. It took Steven years to realize that he had to stop trying to fix his fucking hands. The time skip in the movie is, it, it, it's quite extensive. It's quite a, quite a, quite a long time between uh, Steven's car crash and when he decided to go to Carmitage. Um, it takes a while. It takes a while to to realize that you have to stop trying to fix your fucking hands and you got to live with your shaky hands. And I think it's such a beautiful thing that Steven, throughout the movies, um, he his hands still shake. He's still disabled. He is disabled. Almost every Avenger is disabled. Uh, like, and that's another video for another time. Strange is disabled. And more powerful than he ever was when he was able-bodied. And I think that's amazing. And I think about that all the time when I have bad days. Um, rough, rough, rough days when I need more medication than normal. Um, and I feel that sense of self-worth slipping away. I just remind myself, like, it's okay, Nikki, your hands still shake. You're still a sorcerer, though. Your ability to be a sorcerer has nothing to do with the fact that your hands still shake. It's just something that you have to deal with now. Because you survived something awful. It's okay. And so, I'm a little emotional, but, but this, is a, this is a character that saves me very, very often. Especially on those days when I feel my sense of self-worth slipping away. And I wonder what I could have been without my trauma. It doesn't matter, because I'm here now. And I'm a fucking sorcerer, but my hands still shake. It's okay, because I wouldn't have become a sorcerer if I didn't stop trying to fix my fucking hands. And so, if you're still in your phase of trying to fix your hands, that's completely understandable. It takes a while to get out of that phase. And, you know, maybe some people never leave, but not as a therapist. I'm not a therapist, a psychologist, or a psychiatrist. I'm not a mental health expert in any way. I'm just a 29-year-old entertainer, actor, with with um with a few disorders and i'm telling you from experience that when you stop trying to fix your fucking hands 
when you get to that point where you're ready to stop and you're ready to mourn, you are opening up yourself to be a sorcerer, whatever that looks like for you. And that radical acceptance, eventually it starts to feel more like peace than torture. And I know how long it takes. I know that the journey is long and arduous and, and it's not something that someone can just tell you to do and then you snap into it. It's a process and it's really hard, but it's possible. You got to be this. Come, I invite you to be the sorcerer that you're always meant to be. But first, you got to stop trying to fix your fucking hands. So thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Um, make sure to follow me on all my social media at Nikki Marina, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and everybody knows most people know that TikTok is my home uh, for the most part. <laughs> That's where my fame started and continues to flourish the most. Um, but YouTube is catching up. Um, and um, I hope this helped you. Um, and um, and I'll be talking about more stuff like this very much in the future. So I hope you enjoyed this and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for watching and or listening. Hey guys, this is Nikki Marina, comedy content creator, recording artist, and actor, and you are listening to Nick Talks. Hey guys, this is Nikki Marina. Thank you so much for listening to Nick Talks. If you like these free episodes, please go and become a Vibranium level patron on Patreon so that you can have full access to all episodes of Nick Talks, including some really awesome exclusive interviews with some fellow uh, people in the anime community on TikTok and such. So go to patreon.com slash Nikki Marina to check out the Vibranium tier so you can get access to all of those. But for now, enjoy these free episodes.